Gracious God, you have rolled away the tomb. Nothing can keep you back. Revive us again through these words, these poor human words. May your living word be heard, your word that brings life to the living and the dead. Amen. So Easter is an interesting day for people like me. Easter is a day where all sorts of people show up at so many different places in their lives, their relationship to faith, to spirituality. It's a once or twice a year opportunity, and I'm grateful for it. So I thought I'd make the most of it, and rather than preaching a single sermon for you today, I figured I'd preach three sermons instead. You're all here, so we might as well pack in everything we can. We might as well make it count. So before some of you quietly slip out the back or slip your headphones in, listen where I'm going with this. I've got three mini-sermons. They're mini-sermons today because there are three different people, three different people who show up at the tomb of Jesus in our Bible passage. Three different people with three different experiences, experiences that are so much like our own, even as we today gather, metaphorically of course, at the empty tomb again. So three people, three experiences, three sermons. Okay, sermon number one, sermon number one. Mary Magdalene, this sermon is for all you church folks out there. You know who you are, regular attenders of varying levels of commitment. This ain't your first visit to the tomb. This ain't your first Easter. Mary Magdalene was actually the first person to recognize Jesus as God in the flesh in the whole Gospel of John. Like Mary, you're already committed. You're already all in. But even somebody like Mary Magdalene, who's already committed, loses hope. She forgets things. She comes to the tomb, she finds the stone rolled away, she's upset, she thinks that somebody's stolen the body, she runs to get her two friends, Simon Peter, and this other person called the Beloved Disciple, who I will refer to as BD from now on, okay? We're close like that, me and BD, Beloved Disciple. They all run back, and her friends check things out, and then they go home. She finally brings herself to look inside the tomb, peers in, But where Jesus' body was, there are these two angels. And she sees someone who looks like the gardener standing there. Why are you crying? The stranger asks. Look, she says, somebody's taken away Jesus' body. If you've put it somewhere, just tell me or just get out of the way. But the stranger knows her name. The stranger knows her name, Mary. He says. She looks at him again and suddenly she realizes it's not the gardener. Rabbi! Rabuni. Rabbi, teacher, she says. It's Jesus. She recognizes him. He's alive. And she heard him call her name. Long story short, she recognizes Jesus and he sends her to tell everyone that she has seen the Lord. Mary was committed. 
She heard all those things Jesus said before he died, but even she'd lost hope. She lost track. She literally even lost sight of Jesus. She couldn't see him even though he was standing right in front of her until she heard a voice call her name. Then she remembered. The fire was rekindled by hearing the sound of that voice speaking her name. So those of us who are the most secure in our faith can be shaken. Like Mary, we can be tested by the darkness. To be honest, we can be shaken by the shocking cruelty and unfairness of our world. But today, that familiar voice, that voice that calls us and addresses us by name, calls us again. Mary. Ryan. John. Eve, Susan, that same voice that makes us see the world clearly, that same voice that rekindles the fire in our souls, that same voice that gives us the kind of hope that can never fully be shaken, this familiar voice addresses us again today and it says, Christ is risen. So for you experienced church people out there, this sermon is for you, sermon number one. Because you need to be reminded every day, every year, every week, that fire needs to be rekindled again and again and again because it's such good news. Easter is for you. Okay, sermon number one, gone, okay, down. Sermon number two, okay, sermon number two. This mysterious person named the beloved disciple, BD, as I like to call him, We're not quite sure who this is. It could be John, the author of the book. It could be somebody else. But regardless, this is for all of you people who are on the spiritual edge of things. You may consider yourself spiritual but not religious or something like that. You're not entirely sure about all this stuff, but like the beloved disciple, Easter means something to you, even if the pieces don't fit all together like they should. Like I said, Mary finds the stone rolled away from the tomb. She runs to get these two guys, Simon Peter and B.D., to help her retrieve Jesus' body. And B.D. beats Peter there, but is second to look inside. And when he does, there's nothing inside to be seen. Where Jesus' body was placed, no more except for his burial wrappings. A pile of rags neatly piled and the cloth that covered his face But here's the interesting detail, okay? It says that BD, the beloved disciple, sees these two piles lying there. And it says, when he sees these piles, it just says very quite simply, he believed. It's not full-blown hallelujah, amen, but that he didn't yet understand the scriptures, it said. After this, the story says, he crawls out, he goes home, but something changed for him, something clicked in the tomb, even though he didn't quite understand, even though he didn't quite know what it was all about. I remember reading a piece by the late great atheist and writer, Christopher Hitchens. He was once married to a woman, a Greek Orthodox Christian, And he said that on Easter morning when they sang, Christ is risen over and over and over and over again, he felt like it was true. 
Of course, he eventually rejected the feeling quite vigorously, if you've read anything by Christopher Hitchens. But in that moment, he was like the beloved disciple, like many of you here are today. You peered in the empty tomb and something resonates. There's something to it. This sermon is for you because there's something compelling, even if you don't know what it is, even if you're not quite sure, even if you don't quite understand. Today, though, is one more step on a longer spiritual journey for you. It's the beginning. Things are just getting started. This sermon's for you, and Easter is for you, too. Okay. Tally off the two. Number three. One, two, three. Final one, okay? Simon Peter, or SP. No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) This sermon's for those of you who are here today, maybe for the sake of your spouse, a parent, or grandparent. Maybe you just like to sing. Those who are agnostic, or skeptical, those of you who, when it comes down to it, it just doesn't resonate. Simon Peter races to the tomb. He hops in. He sees that pile of rags. He sees the cloth. But then here's the thing. Nothing. He hops back out, climbs in the car, goes home. No difference, no change, just another day. World's the same. Like Simon Peter, for those of you who are skeptical, today is just another day. That's it. I mean, you didn't get to sleep in as long as you could have this morning, which is probably unfair. But life goes on. But you know what? Even if you're not on board with the story yet, that's okay. That's okay. Life goes on. But this isn't the end of the story for Peter, either. He peers in the empty tomb, nothing there, gets back in the car, heads home, back to his job out on the fishing boat. Year goes by, and one day he's out fishing and sees this guy building a fire on the shore, and it's Jesus. Peter hasn't caught anything all day, the nets are empty, but Jesus tells him to try his net on the other side of the boat. He does, and it's the biggest haul he's ever seen, but it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Sorry. That's a, oh, oh. <laughs> At first, the empty tomb was meaningless. Pile of rags. But it doesn't matter because one day, Jesus tracks him down. He not only tracks him down, but he fills his empty net full. So it's okay if you come here today and don't really get what people are so excited about. You've looked in the empty tomb, just pile of rags. There's a story about the great physicist Niels Bohr, which I love. He had a horseshoe over the door of his office. A friend saw it one day and couldn't believe it. And Bohr, this rational scientist, how could he be superstitious and believe in luck and stuff like that? You don't believe in that superstitious garbage, do you? His friend asked. And Bohr smiled. I've heard, he said, that it works whether you believe it in it or not. The horseshoe works whether you believe in it or not. Easter works whether you believe in it or not. That's what we believe. So it's okay if you're not on board yet because for us, Easter means that God is 
on the loose in the world. God is at work bringing blessing out of brokenness, bringing healing to the brokenhearted, bringing life out of death, whether you believe it or not, whether I believe it or not, or whether anybody believes it or not. That's what we believe. God works in God's own time. You may be a skeptic. Today you might take another peek and just see a couple piles of rags and a bunch of well-meaning people gathering to celebrate a pleasant myth. And that's okay. Because today is even for you. Like Peter, one day you might find your net is completely empty and that same ordinary day you might encounter the risen Christ. Today ain't the end of the story. One day, God might just track you down. And you might experience the abundance, the fullness that we feel today. There ain't no rush in it. Even then, today, Easter, the resurrection of Jesus is just for you too, even you. Okay, three sermons, three people. Three different people paired into an empty tomb where Jesus had been laid. Three different people saw three different things. One heard the voices of angels, which led to an encounter with the risen Christ. She heard her name called again by a familiar voice. Another, he crawled in, and something immediately clicked. Something changed. He knew there was something to it, but wasn't quite sure what. And the other one saw nothing but a dusty old crypt. Life went on, business as usual. Regardless of what they saw at the tomb that day, whether they saw Christ in the flesh or something that bypassed their brain but rang deeply in their heart, or whether they saw nothing at all, regardless of who they were, how they reacted, Easter made its mark on them because Christ was risen, God was on the loose. Easter was for everyone. The first Easter was for everyone gathered at the tomb and no matter who they were. And friends, this Easter is for everyone gathered here today too. No matter if you came to hear the old, old story and to be reminded to have that fire kindled anew, no matter if you're just on the edge of faith or a seeker in search of something greater than yourself to give your life over to, no matter if you are just here for the hot cross buns and to make Nana happy, No matter who you are, Easter is for you because God's love is powerful, is stronger than the powers of sin and death. The chains that bind you and the world have been broken. Easter is for you because the whole new lives are possible. Easter is for you because a whole new world is possible. Today, no matter who you are, you are in the right place because Easter is for you because Easter is for everyone. Easter is for everyone. Easter is for everyone, so go and tell everyone today that you've seen the Lord because, my friends, the tomb is empty. Today is the day because Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Amen. Hallelujah and amen.